0: Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to episode 535 of the JV Club with my wonderful guest, Vicki Peterson. Vicki is a member of the iconic, amazing, and totally inspiring and influential band, The Bangles. And it was such a joy and a pleasure to talk to her. I definitely fangirl out some, and Vicky takes it all in stride. So I know you'll enjoy this episode I hope everybody's doing well. I hope you're enjoying co october here at Maximum Fun and that you are celebrating the wonderful family of staff members and podcasts on the network and most of all celebrating yourself for making it all possible. And of course, I will talk to you next week. Until then, enjoy this episode with Vicki. I'm so glad we got to do this. I know we're taking we're Take taking breath. breath. Um, where are you? Are you in LA?
1: I'm I can't remember. I'm in uh, Brooklyn, New York.
0: Okay. All right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes we're yes, having yes, a
1: yes. lovely rainy day, which you might hear in the background even, which is
0: nice. I asked because I felt like, yeah, I, f- I sort of felt like we were both in uh, semi-darkness and L.A. <laughs> is very gloomy right now. So uh, that's what caused me. Good. So I wonder if, yeah, <laughs> It's it's got a real June gloom. I also have, I'm looking at my window at our eucalyptus tree, which is in the process of shedding bark pieces yes. that are so high up that nothing can really be done about it unless you like call a crew but they're very spooky and i'm feeling like maybe they'll stay in place for halloween because right now they they Ooh. do they sort of look like ghostly specters sort of dripping uh, off the tree in this like weird way the
1: best uh yeah we have sycamore trees on our property too and it's just they're so fun to watch change like the,
0: that yeah they go through a lot of phases but a lot of that ends up in just a lot of mess at the bottom of the tree True. <laughs> we
1: suffer for their beauty
0: <laughs> we suffer for their beauty thank you that that puts it into a, a perspective that is much more pleasant than like there's just so much trash 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 all just organic trash, trash that's not a good perspective not a good perspective um are you a halloween person do you kind of get into that
1: very I mean, much yes and yeah. especially in los angeles which is usually very dusty although i know you all have had yeah. more of a wet year um a yes. few months and i think you've been getting more rain this I'll weekend i think oh it's so great thank god yeah but um yeah we do this thing where we just stop dusting around september 12th because
0: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> then we get instant cobwebs permission yeah it's just you know it's decorating uh, we call it decorating
0: that's very smart. That's Thank very you. smart. And do are you? You're in Brooklyn. Do you have? Are you in an environment in which trick or treaters uh, can get to you, or is it less like walk? They
1: could. It's not super walk. What we normally do, and uh, we had the avenue like it's a block and a half away, and uh, and they open the shops, and so kids usually do a trick or treating thing oh, there. That's great. And they actually yeah. have this thing; it's very cute called the Ragamuffin Parade, where all the kids dress dress up, and then they go trick or treating store to store.
0: Oh, yeah. This is... It's deadly cute. That's adorable. Cute. Yeah. That, it is deadly, deadly cute. Deadly cute. That's adorable. We are at uh, kind of an intersection of a few different streets that, you know, I live in the hills. So it's just mm-hmm. one of those like, oh, this is a... not. It's not a wheel. That would make too much sense. It's just sort of a, here's a center part and then there's five streets that sort of go off of that and then disappear into God knows where. Um, but it's a, it's kind of a meeting point for families on this like organized Halloween walk that uh, happens where they, they shut down some of the streets so right that here. kids can actually walk and not get hit. Cause we don't have sidewalks. Um, so there's this, there's a sort of like focus point where a huge gang of kids and parents will kind of gather in front of our house and, it's oh, and, then, and then people so but then we started to feel the pressure of like well this is people are taking like oh they run into neighbors and then they want to take pictures with their kids so we felt like the pressure of wanting to have there be a good photo backdrop for oh parents. yeah
1: you have a responsibility now yeah so we've,
0: we've we're deep we're in super deep and uh but it's really fun it's really fun but the, then we spend so much time focusing on that that it's one of those like the hour before the halloween walk starts we're like what are we gonna dress up as oh. so there's just a lot of slapdash <laughs> like i found my old vampire teeth but <laughs> i guess i'll wear it with a leisure suit i don't know yeah you know. <laughs> 70s are you... vampire got it 70s vampire listen it. we're in the era now where you can put vampire fangs on anything Absolutely. and if it looks somewhat put together someone will make an assumption that Absolutely. may or may not be the thing that you're actually going for and that's it's really more fun that's anyway fine. Yeah, where did you where did you grow up? Like, where were you trick or treating as a kid? If you were,
1: I grew up in Northridge, California, oh, which sure. is uh, yeah, the northern San Fernando Valley. Yeah, very suburban, very much a neighborhood. Trick or treating was a big deal, and uh, yeah. yeah, from from the earliest memories, of course, we would be dressing up as a here's an old word a hobo. Uh-huh. No, <laughs> totally. <laughs> my parents were from the 50s. Totally. We were hobos. Um, yeah. Or um, my dad, who's kind of a brilliant engineer, made a very elaborate halo for me one year out of my, uh, cardboard that he spray painted gold, but it looked really good. And there was sort of a wire apparatus to hold it over. Yeah. over my head. So it actually suspended over my head.
0: That's wonderful. Yeah.
1: So I remember that When you say he
0: was a great engineer, do you mean he was an engineer or he was a great engineer for things that fell outside of maybe what his profession was?
1: No, he actually was a systems engineer for the aerospace (laughs) business. But that did translate to things like, you know, coming up with giant chicken wire cone shaped Christmas trees that we spent the first four weeks before Christmas stuffing Kleenex into. Oh. Lit from from inside. It was the family tradition for... (laughs) It was so weird.
0: Okay. So the, so the so family tradition, yeah, the family tradition, <laughs> I just want to repeat this back. The family tradition was a chicken wire chi- Christmas tree full of Kleenex with lights that were kind of behind and under the Kleenex.
1: The, the lights shone from underneath because of course he built okay. a, a wooden base with a lamp okay. on, inside. It probably, oh, God! it. So
0: underneath literally yes, like, the lit base of it inside. is lighting up, yes. which is very cool. It was
1: actually quite lovely. Um, and it, I mean, it was, you know, it was a 12 foot tree. This wasn't, this oh, was wow. impressive. Um, yeah. and very modern looking, I think, um, f- from, I guess a 50s perspective again, <laughs> or early 60s. <laughs> Houses of the future. Yeah. I, yeah. Exactly. It would have looked great in something like that. Um, and it was just, it was, but it was a family project mm-hmm. to put the tree together. I love, that. you know, so, and, and the more fun for me as a kid was to take it apart. Because then you just did like we were grabbing handfuls of so wasteful, right? We didn't recycle oh, no. this paper. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> at
0: least it could have been used Kleenex that you were putting into not, the tree. It was not. No,
1: it was it was completely environmentally irresponsible. Um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, but but having a living room full of Kleenex at the end of the holiday was was the payoff.
0: <laughs> oh, sure, you know Payoffs. the payoff. It's snow. It's the closest thing to snow you're getting in Northridge. So Yeah, for, for a Californian, yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sad. I love that, though, because, you know, th- that's sort of the dream for those of us who don't necessarily, who didn't necessarily have parents who were as handy as that mm-hmm. in terms of like, you know, I mean, again, I'm surrounded by, you know, like, Pro, like production designer parents who oh, wow. you know you see these kids show up that where you're like oh <sighs> my that's just looks like an actual robot how are you how have you you know and so <laughs> right. like having a parent that that has the enthusiasm like has a quote unquote grown up job which i'm separating out from being a production designer <laughs> exactly. even though that's a super stressful real grown up job right. but <sighs> where that also spills over into fatherdom in a way that's like look, I can take these, like, incredible skills that I have doing this thing that is, like, probably sort of uh, n- not understandable to a child brain on right. some sort of level if I'm an aerospace engineer. But dad's taking these skills and creating this kind of wonderland for you on some level is, exactly. like, that's kind of a dream. I love no, that.
1: It is. It was really great. I mean, there are a lot of things. Of course, we did have a um, a family – a. a T- uh, sibling re- revolt when i was 10 because okay. i wanted a live tree in my i wanted i wanted a tree a real tree yeah that smelled yeah and yep. um so when i was about 10 we had a, a bit of a revolt and we got a live tree and that was the end okay of the, that was the end oh of the that
0: season. was oh the revolt was yeah, like the re- changing the of the guard now, was, now we're gonna do was, live
1: trees the revolution was was successful absolutely okay
0: How uh, were there tears shed by your dad? (laughs) No, I think he might have even been quite ready. (laughs) Yeah, ready to
1: stop at that point. Um, And my brother, God bless him, has carried on this tradition, and he has actually built in his family's living room the Peterson tree. Yes.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. I'll see if I
1: can find a picture of it for you.
0: <laughs> oh, that would be extremely satisfying. Are there ornaments being hung on the chicken wire? Yes,
1: like? there are. Okay. So there are ornaments. But of course, my mother, who had a very sort of elegant aesthetic, um, wanted everything to look very coordinated. So the only ornaments that were allowed on this tree uh-huh. were gold balls that were sort yeah. of silk wrapped. So they were very elegant. Got it that's what, that's all we got. There was no okay. tinsel. There was no garland, It was just, it looked good. It just, for a kid, yeah. it's kind of like, wah, 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 you know. Well, for sure. Because I'm
0: sure you're going over to your friend's houses and they're like hanging up a little candy cane on there. And then next to that is a little toy drum. And then next yeah. to that is like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. We always
1: want what we can't have. Which is the tree we have now. It's grown grownups.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, yes, the, yes. The tree yes. we
1: put up in our house is definitely that tree. And it has a Uh, a vintage 1940s star at the top that that my husband John has searched high and low on uh, the internet to to replicate the star that was on his childhood trees. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Those things, I mean, that really is, I think when I was younger, you know, I sort of, Like poo pooed, and I think that's part of a rite of passage, but you sort of poo poo people older than you feeling that nostalgia. I remember being like so, like scoffing at the concept of nostalgia, like, Mm. oh, come on, like, don't live in the past. Yeah. And at the same time that I was doing that, I was also like really drawn to, I think, People who were super nostalgic. Like I, that the the irony is that I was like, oh, nostalgia's so stupid. Let me just read this Ray Bradbury yeah, book exactly, where he's like yeah. completely, <laughs> you know, completely obsessed with the 1950s and 40s and like right. the magic that he remembers from that. So there's nothing consistent about my adi- my bad attitude as a typical, teenager. But typical teenager. But I typical, had a, I had a
1: real um, reverence to the very few ornaments that we. Inherited from my grandmother and my mother's grandmother, so we had one, and I still have this one bell. I have a one uh, metal bell uh, that I got from my great grandmother, and I just I always loved that. It was to me that was sort of romantic. But of course, we didn't get to put those on the trees until we had real trees, and then the real ornaments
0: came out. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, what happens to it in in that period in between? Is it like going? Is it's not hanging on like a little? No, it's in a box. Oh, we had the uh, all right. (laughs) <laughs> Your mom was very, yeah, she had strong feelings. Now, when you say you, it was a sibling rebellion, how many siblings are we talking about?
1: There were four children
0: altogether. Okay. So All right. I Where do you to, fall in that? Yeah.
1: I'm the second oldest. I had an older okay. sister, a younger sister, and a baby brother. And he's the one who has okay. carried carried on the Kleenex tree tradition. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> God bless him.
0: Do you guys call it the Kleenex tree? Yes, yeah, it's a Kleenex tree. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, great. <laughs> great, great, great. 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 I, I guess uh, the, the cat's out of the bag. I will have talked about this in the intro um, already, and everyone knows uh, who you are as it is. But you are a musician. I am. Uh, were was that something that was cultivated in your family? Was that something that you sort of pursued on your own? How how what was music like in your household as you were co- becoming a teenager?
1: Yeah, as a performer or budding musician, I was on my own in the teenage years. However, I was surrounded by music because my older sister, God bless her, she had the record collection of the gods. I mean, she spent yeah. every cent she got from babysitting or whatever she did on on vinyl, and so she yeah. had a forty five collection that was just great. And uh, so, and of course, I stole all her records. And and, uh, and um, our our dad, the engineer of the Kleenex Tree was a a music aficionado. And he listened to everything from jazz to uh, top 40 radio at the time, which was, you know, was king in our household. And, uh, and, uh, and classical, you know, when he wanted to chill out, he put on his state of the art headphones, because of course, he was an audiophile as well. And, uh, of course, and, uh, and kind of just relaxed and listened to classical music. So it was just always um, sort of a, a, it was a, it was a touchstone in in the house. It was, constantly playing we were working outside and we were a family who did chores on the weekends um yeah but we had the radio with us all the time and so yeah. top 40 radio was the soundtrack and to my mother god bless her uh she liked she liked music but she was sort of like do we have to have the beatles 24 7 do we have to do this <laughs> do i have to listen to this all day all night uh, yeah. Yes, you do. Um, uh-huh. but, but then, <laughs> yeah. you So I was the first one to really pick up an instrument. Um, my dad had sort of I experimented. I'll say like we're talking about drugs. He experimented uh-huh. with um, with uh, uh, guitar. And I think his, his dad taught him some ukulele chords. So, sure. you know, it was that sort of very, very casual exposure as far as instruments went. And we did get a piano at some point in, in my childhood, which is great. So I started messing around with that. Yeah. Um, took lessons for about six months. And, um, and it was like, yeah, I just want to play by ear. Yeah, I always want to make stuff up on my own. So that was... Kind yeah, of, for
0: sure. Uh, yeah. I
1: was a very undisciplined student when it came to music. I talked my parents into getting me an electric guitar in the fourth grade. It came along Fourth with, grade? Yeah, wow. it was nine. Good for you. Yeah, it was a bit of a campaign. And, and it was sort of tied in with the local music store. They were trying to sell music lessons. And so it was sort of packaged with this uh Rickenbacker copy guitar called an electro which uh-huh. was okay but the cool thing about it was that the guitar case and the small amp that came with it looked just like the beatles so it was a it was a yeah. legit Rickenbacker amp and a legit Rickenbacker guitar case just a copy guitar but but it was good enough for me i was good that's good
0: packaging yeah, but yeah, also smart. like i mean you you how many girls if i may were nine years old going, get me that electric guitar. I don't know. Like that feels unusual.
1: I knew one and that was my best friend at the time, Angela. And she and I came together on this campaign that we're going to do this. And uh, I think she lasted about, I don't, I actually don't remember how long we actually lasted taking the quote unquote lessons, but I kept my Uh. guitar. I don't think she kept hers. I'm going to have to ask her. I'm still in touch with her. She's still a lovely friend of mine. So yeah, I have to ask her. She still has her guitar. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, it just didn't, it never occurred to me, and this is sort of a thread and maybe it's key to success, blissful ignorance. It never occurred to me that it was something that was unusual or that I shouldn't do. Yeah. It just didn't.
0: That's wonderful. Were the Beatles uh, your, I mean, amongst other things, were the Beatles kind of the the big, the biggest influence and the biggest inspiration at the time?
1: Yeah, they really were. And again, inspired by my older sister, because she was, she was, closer to the demographic age that would make sense to be in love with the Beatles. I was very young for that, but I just I just jumped on that train real hard and loved them. And it wasn't, I mean, it was, the music was of course, undeniably great, um, but it was also their, their personality and their, what we would in the 21st century called their branding, um, no. meaning that they were, and it was cause it was, I think it was absolutely true that they were friends and they were friends first. They came together yeah. as pals. And, um, and so they were a, a unit, they were a group that and that really, uh, that drew me to them that that sort of um, that structure that approach to making music. And so that's why I think I always started s- seeking out partners, even, you know, yeah. after I went through a brief you know, I'm Carol King, I'm Joni Mitchell phase. But then yes, of course, as we as we as we must do
0: as we must. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, Bonnie, was, Ray, I definitely know. did. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, but I mean, again, like, I'm, I, not to put, you know, I'm not going to like, dr- drill down too deep into this, because I think you're right. It's like, it's it's a, if it's as simple as you loved what you saw, you loved the music, and you felt inspired to be that again, I just I just love that. Because I think, you know, this if if you had to put a face on the messaging of what the Beatles branding was, for as many of us understand it when we when we look at footage and when we enjoy the music, but we we understand Beatlemania. We understand the idea that it was like very hetero in terms of like what the media is showing. It's like very heteronormative totally normal for the very time m- very, very and continues to be but like mm-hmm. you know ve- but and very like girls screaming and crying and having this you know very emotional response mm-hmm. and enthusiastic response which also makes total sense and which also continues to happen with boy bands absolutely um, which i think I was sort of in denial about about like I was like ah you know this is like maybe 10 years ago but I was like oh this is You know, I don't know that I don't know that people are like screaming and crying anymore. That feels like maybe it was like a time in history where, you know, Television was like it just was a bigger deal to be a celebrity. Like I thought all of that, and then I was staying at a hotel in New York where one of the boy bands—I can't remember what it, who it is—was it probably like BTS or something, something. degrees. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. wasn't even BTS. It was oh, like 96 out, degrees. But it was okay, ninety six <laughs> degrees. Yeah, something like that. And I, and I did not know why there was like you know caution tape and a bunch of young women. And then I saw someone get out of a car and go in, and they were all sobbing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that was a lot of hubris on my part to just go. think like, oh yeah, I think we've got it together now. That yeah, we're above you all know. that. I'm like, no, there was everyone was having exactly. I might as well have been looking at Beatles footage, you know. Absolutely. Um, but that you were like. No, I want to be that. Yes, like I want to. I want to have the experience of being inside of that story instead of being on the outside looking, looking in, in and sort of enjoying the fairytaleness of being a fan. You mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not that you couldn't do both. No, but...
1: and you can do both. And I think, I, and I think you could ask any musician, in, including the boy bands, that um, that they were fans too. You know, that, yes. they, that it has to start there. But yes, yeah, I, I was more interested in being the guy on stage than the girl in the audience. And yeah. Uh, yeah, that's just kind of, although, you know, absolutely huge fan, whatever. I never saw the Beatles perform live. Um, you know, I never saw a lot of my quote unquote heroes perform live. It just didn't, I, I don't, I, you know, I was too young to see the Beatles, but, but um, right. you know, but there are a lot of people later in my life. who I just never, I did see George Harrison and I did see Paul McCartney. So there you go. Nice. and And I've met Paul. Um, which is great, but um, very uh, cool. Very cool. Extremely cool. But again, and when I met him, I wasn't. I didn't fan out because it was on a very much of a. a it wasn't that environment. It was a, you know at at the uh, Liverpool Institute of Performing Arts, and I was there to represent the Bengals because we were being made companions, kind of like having an honorary degree, that sort of thing. And Paul was there because he founded co-founded the the institution, so it was sort of like on a different level of meeting somebody
0: no but that's the again i hate to like just keep i'm not i mean i'm not trying to like you know gild your youth in any way shape or form that 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 makes it unrealistic but i i love first of all i just want to say quickly as an only child the 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 sort of trope of like the older sibling who has mm. the amazing record collection mm. is also the dream it's like if i'm going to have an older sibling the idea of them having the best music is just like i Absolutely. love that so much um and then also yeah this idea of you know like it just feels it feels so lovely to be a fan of someone and then get to meet them on a on terms that make sense for both of you that you know feel more peer oriented than like i'm a f- i'm a person who loves you like every other person yeah, loves yeah. you and yeah, exactly. you know and that's fine and good but how cool to be able to you know have a conversation that's a little bit more nuanced than yeah, that yeah it, it was yeah
1: it was it was pretty fantastic i mean I, I, if you had told you know 15 year old me that that was going to happen i'd be I don't know, maybe I had enough hubris to go, well of course it will. Um yeah. <laughs> the other half the other half of me would be losing it completely.
0: You right. Know. <laughs> I would love to hear about your uh your Carol King uh Joni Mitchell mm. face. If is that where because that also feels very sort of like going into I mean, were you rolling into your teenage years, like writing, you know, f- touchy feely music? Mm-hmm. And by the way, I worship both of those women, yeah, so I'm not, you know, yeah. minimizing it at all. But. Well
1: yeah, and and um I I probably even though I I won't say I was a, a a super deep diver fan of of Johnny Mitchell's I have a couple of albums of hers that I worshipped completely um, yeah. but her style of songwriting in in the sort of more confessional lyrics, the very personal connection with the music and the way she approached guitar, which was extremely unorthodox. I mean there were you know there's famous stories of you know. Boy musicians. <laughs> yeah. Musicians. Um, male musicians looking at her and going, how is she doing that? Because she just didn't approach it in a conventional way. And, yeah. um, that I loved. I just, I, that inspired me. Carol King was another thing because I realized somewhere it took me a little while to realize, um, she was a commercial songwriter. I mean, her job as a very young teenager, even was I'm going to write a hit. I'm going to write a hit. I don't care who it's for. I'm going to write a hit song and I'll write a hit song today and tomorrow I'm going to write another hit song. Um, yeah, I wish I'd absorbed a little more of that (laughs) kind of training because that I just, yeah, I don't know why I never got into that thing. Like, okay, what makes a hit song? What, what can I do to create something that is going to work in this moment in the zeitgeist and is going to connect people and I'm going to make a million dollars? It just never, it was never a commercial, um, endeavor. For me, yeah, we, much to my business manager's consternation, uh-huh. but um, <laughs> but um, I just I so I yeah so that's where both of those kind of uh, would would lie on opposite sides of, of the spectrum, but but I just admired both those women so much, and then when I got into high school and I started reading Guitar Player magazine, and the only woman you ever saw for the most part was Bonnie Raitt. Um, yeah. There were a few other. Great female guitarist, but I just really remember Bonnie, and because she was a slide player and a blues player, and that was really outside of of my you know venue at that moment. But I just thought she was insanely and great, just yeah. just oh so great. Um, it, I I still to this day, I mean I've played a little slide guitar on records, but it's only because it's on a record. <laughs> I guess I played it live uh-huh. too, but it, I I suck. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's something. Have you I met have Bonnie? Really, I have not no that
0: feels like oh it my god needs yes. to happen and I, I like, yeah think so it seemed possible that it, it, it could yeah, have for sure yeah
1: yeah okay. she she played at a at uh, jazz goes. jazz fest in new orleans i was living in new orleans but it's right after i moved so i wasn't there that year damn it oh
0: come <laughs> on oh uh, yeah. yeah i just saw i went to a show um i was in santa fe and went to a show at the uh, uh, like a show at the santa fe opera Um, which is this beautiful outdoor, Mm. um, which is amazing because it's sort of, you know, it's, 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 it's outfitted to be an opera venue, but it's also outside in this sort of Red Roxy kind of feel. Um, So it's very special. And like two nights after we were leaving, Bonnie Raitt was going to play there and I Ah. was like, oh, this would be such a perfect place to see her play. Yeah. It's I did legend. see her.
1: I did see her play in concert in the 70s, but I didn't ever nice. meet her.
0: So when you're in high school, what is your high school like? Are you going to a, a public school? Are you going to a private school? What's happening in Northridge?
1: Yes. The answer is yes. I went to my first year of high school, um, which in that configuration was ninth grade, um, was a Catholic school. Um, and because I had done all my ele- uh, elementary years at a Catholic school northridge so and again followed my older sister to the high school she was going because i got to it was just easier to catch a ride with her um yeah and then my family moved to another area um an area called the south bay um not of not san francisco south bay but but near the um palos frites peninsula that area okay yeah so we moved Beautiful to down there. Yes. Yeah, it's the it's be- beaches. Yeah. yeah. The beaches I've are done gorgeous. some
0: tide pooling. and pooling Oh yeah, there, absolutely. That's my like, association with it.
1: That's a good thing to do there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that was a real shift for me. It was a giant shift. We moved from a house, you know, sort of a ranch house in the Valley to a condominium. So it was a, it was a big shift for the family. Um, and shift for me was the first time going to public school since kindergarten. So, mm. um, it was, it was, a bit of an adjustment, but I actually loved it. <laughs> um, I made a really good, really good friends um, within the first month of school, and nice. a, a people who are, you know, lifetime friends to this day. And um, great. and kind of integrated quickly. And it's where I met, um, you know, the woman who became the bass player of the band I founded in high school. And and uh, um, so it was. It was a funny thing because I just I I was. Involved in school, I was a decent student, although I didn't—I wasn't super focused on academics, but I got good grades. Um, I was in the magical group, which was a um, cappella singing group. Of, oh, nice! Uh, yeah, it was—it was fantastic. Actually, we had it was four-part harmony. Um, we got to get out of class to go, you know, sing at <laughs> malls at Christmas. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> And, and you know, and I was introduced to some just beautiful choral works. Um, And th- to this day, it's one of my just one of my favorite sounds and, uh, and and just a love. I mean, I would I would join a choir again because of that experience. It was really yeah. wonderful. And then I was also a cheerleader. So, you know, I had these these things going on that sort of I was deep into the school. But in a weird way, I had more of an emotional connection to my old school and my old friends. So, Mm. so it was, it was, it was kind of a strangely, um, um, disconnected time in a lot of ways. But, um, but again, I came out of that experience with, with my best friend, Amanda, who, you know, to this day is my, you know, she's my bestie. And, uh, um, and we, we written together and she was, she plays bass with the Bengals sometimes. Um, oh, yeah.
0: That's so great. Well, that is such a, and, and, you know, that's sort of the cliche about the Los Angeles area is that, you know, people you're like, well, I'm not moving out of the LA area, but the difference between Northridge and oh. Rancho Palos Verdes is yeah. like, you, you moved, you moved away. Yeah.
1: I, oh yeah. Completely.
0: Like, did you know what I mean? Like it doesn't, I, I, I imagine that it didn't feel like you were as cl- close, which isn't even that close, but as close as you were compared to someone who's like, well, it's not like you moved to Wisconsin. It kind of is. You know what I mean? But like, it kind of is. <laughs> it kind of is, actually. Yeah. It, it kind of is. Yeah. Especially in that point in your life. And, you know, when like as a teenager, for so many of us, our, our lives really are, for the most part, what's right around us. Mm-hmm. Um but then you have this, like you know, this connection to people that you grew up with and that you loved, and that's hard. That's a hard time to move.
1: It, it is a hard time to move, and it's um, and and you don't have mobility or, or, or freedom unless um, until you're lucky enough to have a driver's license in your car. You know, I yeah. had a driver's license but no access to a car for a long time. Right. And yeah. Um. And so my my dear friends from elementary school, I I definitely fell outside of their circle. They all went to high school together. Some of them went to college sure. together. Um, I'm still in touch with a lot of them. And it's kind of a fantastic circle of, of women. Um, and two of them are still very, very close friends of mine. Um, you know, and, and we're kind of spread all over the country now. Um, but, that. you know, it's really, it's it's important. Those kinds of, ooh, those those friendship threads that that weave through your whole life. I mean, there's nothing more precious than that. In a lot yeah. of ways. I mean, those are the relationships we've chosen.
0: Yeah. And and yeah. as
1: one of my friends um, put it uh, just a few years ago, she said, we knew each other before boyfriends, before jobs, before, you know, professional lives. Um, and we knew yeah. our most essential selves. And I think that's really true. I mean, they know me probably better than anyone. And, you know, some of them I haven't seen in a long time. And some of them I only talk to three times a year. So,
0: yeah. No, but you're right. And those those touch points are, it's also like a great way of checking in with yourself, because I think, you know, I think there are people who find through their course in life that they, that you know, people talk about like sort of falling back into the personality or character of like, this is who I am in my family, but mm-hmm. it's actually very different than who I am in my work or whatever. And I I think from at least for me personally, knowing that my friends who knew me when I was a child are like, yep, that's still Janet. Like that's, that's very comforting to me. It's a, it's a touch point to be like, oh, I'm not an asshole. Like I didn't yeah. become, you know, <laughs> or oh, I was always an asshole yeah. and I like assholes. But either way, <laughs> like I'm not betraying some core part of myself in favor of something else that's like, you know, more commercial or more right, you know, right. uh, different like value than than like my true person you right.
1: know? you haven't recreated yourself to a huge degree
0: yeah exactly and just to and i want to get into this um mash game that i can't remember if i warned you we would play or not but um um but i think that is like the, uh, this consistency of hearing about again you know you started playing it sounds like you started uh your band in high school mm-hmm. was that all women or was that a mix
1: at that time um it started out all Women, it's turned out, which is my my friend Amanda and me. Um, yeah. We were going to be Simon and Garfunkel. And then we decided, right. hmm, maybe we need a bass player. Okay. Um, and so, uh, and then we brought in another girlfriend. And then, you know how this happens? One of us gets a boyfriend and it was uh-huh. me. And it was me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Damn it. Anyone else <laughs> blows yeah. everything up. Uh-huh. So all <laughs> of a sudden, now the boyfriend's got to be in the band. Um <laughs> yes, and And we yes. had a hard time finding... A female drummer actually and we really did yeah. actually want to be all women um because that just seemed more fun like a gang you yeah. know that seemed the most fun um and we we had so we had a a boy drummer for a while finally get kicked him out pretty fast um we auditioned a couple of girls but never really found someone and it really wasn't until amanda brilliantly said well what about debbie Debbie's my sister. She's my little sister. To me, she's my little oh, sister.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I'm like, Debbie, what? Uh, she's <laughs> always kind of hanging around. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she plays really good air guitar. Um, yeah. she, and I realized that she's, you know, when we're listening to music together, she was always whatever instrument she chose that moment. She plays really good air bass. She played really good air drums.
0: Uh-huh. We're kind of like, wait
1: a second. <laughs> I love it. Hang on a second. And so we literally went to um, a rehearsal space. We had, we we were friends with these guys who were in a band who played a lot of um, what then was was known as casuals in, in that they played a lot of high school dances. They played a lot of sure. you know, community centers. They were good. They were actually good. Yeah,
0: um, yeah.
1: We, we were not. Um, but, we, <laughs> but for whatever reason, they thought we were cute. So we, <laughs> we hung around these probably, guys. Probably because you were really cute. Well, we were cute. What are you going to do? Uh-huh. We were cute. Um, we tried. And... Um, so we went to their rehearsal space and sat Debbie at a drum kit and their drummer kind of got behind her and said, like, hey, go like this. Okay. Do, do, ch- do, do ch-. And she goes, yeah. Do, do, ch- do, ch- do, ch-. And he goes, okay, cool. Now go like this. And so everything she, he did, she echoed immediately. And then we said, well, let's try a song. We played a song with her. She had never played drums before in her life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, we played, um, we played Heat Wave. The old '60s song "Heat Wave." Yeah, yeah, and, sure. Um, yeah, and she nailed it. And so on our drive back, Amanda and I were like, "Wait, well, she is in the band, you know?" And and how about that? And yeah. the boyfriend says, "Well, let's let her practice for about six months, and then we'll see." And I said, "Yeah, you're out.
0: She's in." <laughs> 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 so that's kind of what happened. <laughs> that's so cool. I mean, that. Yeah, I the the I obviously I knew a, some of that just from you know you uh being in the bagels um but but the idea of like sort of a a, a long-term accidental audition mm-hmm. process just through air instruments absolutely is the most adorable <laughs> thing i've ever heard like she does have good air base, and she, really good air base. <laughs> but that's i mean even just like especially with percussion i think my dad's a drummer mm-hmm. and um I very much inherited whether you don't know, like at a certain point, you're like, I don't know if this is genetic or if this is behavioral or or both. But that is a man who, again, had aw- has awesome taste in music and but is just cannot not tap on something yeah. when music is playing. Like it's just going to yeah. happen. Right. And that I fully inherited that. Like I'm sure oh, it's very here. irritating. But, you know, that's just... But I ended up, ta- you know, doing guitar and bass. But I kind of wish that I had... Play the drums, it's but not that too was late. like it's not too it's, late. I guess it's I guess it's not too late. <laughs> it's not too late. I say with a dislocated pinky. It's I know. Make, I was just going to uh, ask some you about that. <laughs> kind of hard. Ugh, yeah, no oh, bongos dislocated for you, pinky. Oh man, um, you can still but, hold the stick. But, I think. <laughs> yeah, but I I don't know. For me, I mean, I think that's something that 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 is I, I, to me. That's something that I admire in part because coming like I ended up sort of in terms of like performing. Um, I sort of walked away from music stuff that was just for fun in San Francisco when I lived there and ended up getting roped into to sketch comedy and improv Mm. and stuff. But that is another place in which it's sort of accidentally or purposefully male dominated. And so it's much more likely to be, especially in, you know, the early aughts to be the girl in a group of guys um, yeah. The state being maybe the most funny example of that. All of those are guys I know, but like Carrie Kinney, you know, it's yeah. not just I was I was the one girl in a group of four, and then she's like the one girl in a group of like ten, oh, which God. feels like well, if you want the you want a picture of what comedy looks like, Th- that's kind sort of it, of it right? you know. Wow. But mm-hmm. uh, but and so I think for me, just hearing about you talking about this, you know, feeling pulled to create this environment in which it is like talented women having fun together and doing this thing i've just i'm just such an admirer of that and i think that was something that you know a few years after you were done being a teenager people still talked about with the Mm Bengals, which was absolutely you know this is not a this is not the girl band version of a boy band this is not an assemblage of cute girls who kind of aren't musicians but you can see the hollywood machine behind it it's like no these are fucking great musicians like and, and that that's possible. And I think I'm sure you've spent your career hearing women say, thank you for showing me that this is like badass and mm. super fun. And you guys mm-hmm. seem like you're having a great time. All the stuff that you described about seeing in the Beatles. Yeah, I think I, I certainly saw as, you know, a girl who wanted to be cool and loved music. And, you know, I just think that's I think that's a huge legacy.
1: Yeah, I love I love hearing from, you know, young women girls even who just say, you know, that they picked up a guitar because of me or, or you know, or they start yeah. playing drums because of us. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and it, it really was a, th- a through line that that moment we had Debbie and it was Amanda and Debbie and I. Um, We never that that became the trio. It was it was the three of us. And we went on to play clubs in, in Hollywood and Santa Monica and all over, you know, uh, Southern California, as as a trio, And we finally got another guitar player. We really wanted a woman when we you know, chose that guitar sure. player, you know, and then then when that those two, when Amanda and, and Lynn both uh, left the band for various reasons, um, that's when Debbie and I met Susanna. But at that point, it was still um, it was just very much the it, it was the desire to keep it in that way because of the feeling of because we had played with males before and and know how that changes that dynamic. You know, for some people that works great. Totally get it, yeah, and yes, just, it really, you know, you do what you do what works for you, whatever it is. It's going to be right, you know. You do the best that you can possibly get. But we wanted, I wanted that feeling of of you know a, a gang, <laughs> and and a girl I gang, love that, and it was just, uh, yeah, and it was it was just, um, and that that's what it became from you know the trio, you know, to then becoming the Bangs, which was our first yeah. iteration,
0: yeah. That's just great. That just – I just – again, that's just great. Again, because the the professions of some of the more commercial arts, if you want to think of it that way, like, you know, being on TV in any form, there's just a lot of – again, there's a lot of, like, external sort of, like, I guess women are pretty competitive with each other, huh? (laughs) Like, there's this sort of – you know what I mean? Again, where – like you probably want to be the only woman in this thing because right. then you're kind of the center. of you're the special. I, All you're of that. It's just the <laughs> fact that that's just like tossed <laughs> aside and that, like, you know, <laughs> I, I, that, that the Bengals as being to me one of the, you know, preeminent examples of that not being the case. It right. just, I just it just it's just great. It's just yeah. great. I'm, I'll stop cooling over you but um, <laughs> oh, because please. I know that this is like I'm sure the theme of many conversations you have, but it remains true. It absolutely remains true. Um, and now that I'm old enough and have done just enough stuff that I have young women saying things to me about mm-hmm. things that they, you know, saw I, there is no substitute for that. There is right? nothing better than feeling like, you know, there's something that you did that that is making the next generation excited to be female and tough and strong and funny and great and warm and doing whatever you know absolutely it's just the best it's the best oh oh it's time for a quick break i will be back after a word from our friends at maximum fun I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalin. And together we are The Flophouse, a long-running podcast on the Maximum Fun Network, where we watch a bad movie and then talk about it. And because we're so long-running, maybe you haven't
1: given us a chance. I get it. But you don't actually have to know anything about previous episodes to enjoy us. And I promise you that if you find our voices irritating, we grow endearing over time. Perhaps you listened to one of our old episodes and decided that we were dumb and immature. Well, we've been doing this a while now. We have become smarter... And more mature, and generally nicer to Dan. But we
0: are only human, so no promises. Find the Flophouse on
1: MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Co-Optober continues in celebration of National Co-Op Month. I'm Palmieri Muniz, producer and a worker-owner at MaxFun. I'm Mrs. Ambrosio, producer, and I'm also a worker-owner at MaxFun. This week is all about Community. Of course, we couldn't be a co-op without the MaxFun community, and we love it whenever members of our audience get together. So we're having another MaxFun meetup this Thursday, October 12th.
0: And next week, we'll be hosting a panel discussion with other worker owners across the co-op community. And we are still selling our limited
1: edition Launch Crew merch available to all MaxFun members. But only through the end of the month. For more info on Meetup Day and everything Co-Optober, head to MaximumFun.org slash co That's C-O. O-P-T-O-B-E-R.
0: Have a great week. I'm going to play this MASH game with you. I don't know if you've ever played MASH. It stands for mansion, apartment, shack, and house. Um, (laughs) It remains a game that people play. Uh, I would say there's probably a good mix of of genders who play this. But um, when I was a kid, it was probably more a thing that girls play there was just okay. a lot of like uh and so what it is is i'm going to be creating this alternate universe life for you Great. And there's going to be a lot of uh, fantasy come alive that's going to be going on here. And so all you have to do is just give me three off the cuff answers, knowing that those could change tomorrow because it's the way that you're feeling right now. So, okay. for example, maybe some things will are, are, are things you've thought about before and you're like, oh, I know the answer to this. And some of it is like, I don't know, today I feel like this. But I'll, I'll start with this as an example. So three musicians or bands it could be a solo could be one one person could be a band that um that you would love to collaborate with if time were not an element like you can play with the beatles you can Mm -hmm. collaborate with bob dylan you can work with you know anybody um three people that you would love to collaborate with
1: okay um george harrison katie Tunstall, um elvis costello
0: Okay, perfect. All right. Next one is three places in the world, uh, whether you've been there or not, that you love the idea of having another home. Mm. And we can sort of teleport you there so you don't have to worry about like flight time and all that okay, sort of stuff. Okay,
1: great. Upstate New York. Great. Tuscany. Oh, yeah, great. And um, somewhere in Sweden.
0: Will you spend any time there in the winter? Hell yeah. It's just dark all the time. <laughs> Okay, great. I have. <laughs> These are the questions. These are the questions. Okay. Um, okay. All right. Next category, three foods that in this reality that we live in right now, you can't have a ton of. Now, that could be because you're allergic to it. It mm. could be because you uh, feel ecologically conflicted about it. It could be because, uh, you know, it's just a lot of sugar. And at some point, you start feeling like maybe you're going to die because it's too much sugar. In this alternate reality... All of those things are lifted off the table. Everything oh. is safe. Everything is fine. And you can have it. And it could also be something that you had once a long time ago. And you're like, I've never been able to find that that beautiful, you know, sandwich that I had that one time at blah, blah, blah. So three things I'm giving you access to at the snap of your fingers in perpetuity with zero ramifications.
1: Coffee chip gelato.
0: In, Ooh. In, um,
1: yes. It has to be in... Uh, Florence, Italy. Um, Great. <laughs> my s- sister-in-law's carrot cake. Wonderful. She makes it like a eight-layer carrot cake that's insane. And a smart pop.
0: Amazing. Okay, great. Yeah, I could definitely just uh, yeah. gobs. 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 Yes. Okay, all due respect to your wonderful husband. All yes. due respect. <laughs> MASH always involves some romance. Got so it. So I'm You're... not committing to this person for life, but in this reality, mm-hmm. you get to have some romance or sexy times with this person. It can be a character from a book. It can mm-hmm. be a cartoon. It can be, you know, Paul Newman ex era of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, three gents or ladies or okay. animals or <laughs> whatever you want okay. you'd be surprised at how many people say the fox from Robert disney's robin hood got it he he created complex feelings for a lot of young women right uh, and men uh because he was just so foxy
1: he was foxy i did have a thing for peter pan i gotta say <laughs> great <laughs> great uh and then just to be completely obvious um 1966 era paul mccartney um, right and um 80s era tom hanks
0: oh yes oh my god splash Wait, and, era tom yeah, hanks is but, like, but
1: can i have oh. an honorable mention yes because <laughs> i just thought of um, um also 80s era steve martin i always had a crush on yeah, steve martin yeah me too <laughs>
0: Yeah, I had a real bad crush on him. Like, The Man with the Two Brains was like my favorite movie yeah. of all time. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Next category. Let's do uh, three uh, three alternate careers. Like, is mm. there something you oh we can have you dabble in in this reality Absolutely. that you didn't get a chance to?
1: Absolutely. I would be um, a medical doctor, most likely an oncologist. Wonderful. I would be. Um, I'm trying to think of which which level definitely an instructor I would be a a, um, English professor great do we get to have a different reality of our own self I mean sure so like if I could completely re-engineer my physical self
0: Uh uh-huh yeah uh, absolutely I'd be an actress great wait why would you have to re-engineer your (laughs) physical self
1: I don't know (laughs) <laughs> okay all I need, right i need more uh, bone structure darling
0: <laughs> i see i see uh adamantly disagree but moving mm-hmm. on um okay next one let's do uh three movies that you can jump mm. into whenever you want it's you're just in that world you're not reliving the plot it's just like that feeling you get the characters the place itself whatever you want um three movies mm.
1: breakfast at tiffany's mm. i hate to be boring but hardy's night not boring. Oh, God. and um, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone.
0: Great. OK, great. All right. Next one is um, three songs. And I'm not I look, I understand you don't want to take credit for someone else's work. But in this alternate mm. reality, <laughs> those songs will not be written at all if that you did not write. Them. Oh, so easy. three songs <laughs> that I'm passing along that's like, oh, you oh, no, actually, no, Vicky wrote A Hard I, Day's Night or I, Vicky wrote. So three songs. You take
1: Absolutely. Um, God Only Knows. Um, yeah. Yeah. Bridge of over troubled waters. Mm. I can't even say it. I feel like picking a Taylor Swift song. Shake it off.
0: <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. Shout out to Tay. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, final category. And this sort of goes, I think now I, I, we touched on it with the alternate universe professions, but I'm, that made me excited to hear these answers. Three skills mm. that we are sort of downloading into your brain matrix style. Oh, you please. would love to just be like, oh, I woke up and I was like, I could speak all languages Absolutely. or what have you. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And that is actually one of them. Um, yeah. Fluent in French and Italian. Can I pick both? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Or, or fluent in many language of my choice, instantly. Yes. Flawless memory, even though that could be complicated, but I think I want it anyway. Um, Great. and um, the ability to stay physically healthy in perpetuity. Great, yes,
0: yes, till I drop dead. (laughs) Great, all the way up until that last moment, last moment peak of health. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay, Uh, give me a number between one and eight. Seven. Okay, so I'm going to use what I can only be described as the most rudimentary of maths to uh, <laughs> come up with. You're going to get one thing from each category in this uh, alternate universe, uh, wow. Vicky world. And it, while I do that, uh, we can either sit in total silence. That's fine with me. But also, this is your opportunity to uh, talk about anything you want, like to send people to things, mm, uh, either yeah. of your own or other things you're excited about. Where can people find you? All Absolutely. that good stuff. Absolutely.
1: Okay. Well, let me just, on um, the day that we are... Um, recording this conversation uh, is the day that um, my band with John Cousel and Bill Mooney, um, we are called the Action Skulls, which I yes. had nothing to do with um, <laughs> the naming thereof. <laughs> but um, but we, we released our third album today. Um, yes. It's, it's streaming only. It's called uh, From a Running Horse. And it's a record that we made actually before the pandemic. Um, And then during the pandemic, we released another record. So this is actually our second, second record, as we like to say. That's Um, very funny. I love that. What
0: caused what what made you decide to release the first one, the second one first and the second one? The the third one, third one, second second one, third. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Thank you for getting track of that
1: for me. Um, Because because during lockdown, Bill Mummy came up with these 12 songs, sent them to John and me. Actually, it was sort of unintentional but we just started recording vocals all over them just like just just hemorrhaging vocals all over these songs and then something back to kind of as a joke and he said let's put this out like now so without any further ado we released that to the interwebs and then um, meanwhile we had this other record that we have been kind of sitting on because we weren't sure it was really finished and we ended up adding another song to it and that sort of thing so we were still kind of messing with it and it wasn't until Got it. Uh, this year that we said okay let's just get this out there too so yeah got it so that's happening well that makes sense that's exciting that we have sense. other things going on um, John Kauselund and I are uh, also working on another project that is uh, we've recorded a record that is being mixed at present moment and hopefully will be out sometime probably next year um, and that is something that's very near and dear to our hearts because we are recording. Covers of songs that were written by two of his brothers, Barry and oh. Bill Cowsill, both who have left the planet. And um, so, of course, we always refer to it as the Dead Brothers Project. But
0: Naturally? Yes.
1: But believe it or not, there are other de- Dead Brother projects out there in the world. So we, we have renamed uh-huh. it. And uh, so, so we have a new name for the record and It's called After the Fire, um, Long After the Fire, sorry. And... Um, so that's that's up and coming. It's in the meantime, so he and I have been working on a set of music and we're going to be doing some duo sets around New York that's City wonderful. and uh, out in Los Angeles in January. So there's a lot going on. And then I'm also working on a project with the aforementioned best friend, Amanda, from high school. And she and I are telling some tales from our, our long, long, long-lived uh, friendship. And um, so we're working on a project that may... Uh, Evolve into a book, so ah, that's that that we're working wonderful. on right now. Yeah. Oh my so, gosh! Yeah, it all enjoyed. just
0: sounds so joyful to me. And it like is such a wonderful. That's wonderful. That's what we need. That's yes. what we need. Um, uh, okay, folks. That's a that's a, a a very very awesome laundry list of amazing things that everybody needs to keep track of and um, pursue and enjoy and celebrate. Uh, Vicky's. I would like to celebrate your mash uh, alternate universe <laughs> okay. world. Should it's I feeling real solid to me. It's <laughs> okay. feeling real solid. There's some good stuff going on here. Um I, I don't want to say it's like I mean, it's look, I'm just gonna say it. It's a very erudite. Like there's just mm. a lot of like like there's just a lot of intellect happening, there's a lot of art happening. Um that doesn't mean that it can't also be playful, but uh, in a moment I think you'll see kind of where where I'm going with this. Um, for example, not only are you a revered english professor yes of course but you are also fluent in just whatever language you want certainly including french and italian i'm gonna assume you're also probably fluent in swedish because you have a beautiful apartment somewhere in in, (laughs) like that swedish also you don't that's you picked a country where everyone speaks english better than we do anyway yes they do (laughs) that notwithstanding that seems to be so dazzling and surprising when you're perfectly fluent and Swedish when you're hanging out in your beautiful apartment somewhere in Sweden. So you have that going for you as well. Um as if that weren't enough, I am so pleased that you have this opportunity to collaborate uh on something with the great George Harrison. Lovely. I cannot wait to hear mm-hmm. what that is going to be. It will only be marvelous. Um in the same uh, vein as uh, as we enjoy all things uh, UK, you can go into the Harry Potterverse <laughs> whenever you want. Have a little magic. Have a little spells and sorcery. Yeah, baby. <laughs> um, eat jelly beans that taste like any and Anything. all things. So that's happening as well. Um, but you... I don't want you to fill up too much on like the, you know, sort of mystical candies and treats because you also have access to your sister-in-law's fantastic carrot oh, cake that's whenever great. your heart desires. Thank you, That Laura. is going to be there at the snap of a finger. Shout out to Laura. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you, you, you are, you have written uh, God Only Knows.
1: Thank God. And it makes sense
0: <laughs> to me because if you're writing it about, 1966 era Paul McCartney, your partner. Oh, no. <laughs> Naturally, oh, you're gonna God. feel inspired. Of course. What a muse! Of course. What a I muse! Win. You're working with George. <laughs> you got you. You're with Paul. Mm-hmm. um There's just some phenomenal stuff happening here. I mean, that's. Do you know what I mean? Like that's all like, like high quality, oh, high yeah. level stuff going on.
1: Especially the chocolate frogs. That- in harry potterville
0: especially yeah. <laughs> in in particular the frogs uh vicky oh this has been God. such a pleasure thank you so this much really for gracing me with your marvelous presence on my podcast It's such Hi. an honor
1: so glad we finally got to do this
0: <laughs> i know i am too i am too and uh and we'll do some links to things if you you know I, i'll grab some from julian in the in the um in the episode description so everybody can can uh, go straight to the source for music and more yeah i
1: love it uh, yeah thanks Thanks again thanks jenna appreciate it
0: (laughs) everybody else talk to you next week the show is recorded by me and edited by julian burrell and as always the jv club theme song is back before we were brittle by the amazing say hi Remember
1: one, we could save kittens from trees.
0: Maximum Fun, a worker owned network of artist owned shows supported directly by you.